Please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. Broad Street Hockey Radio, that's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. We have yet another great off-season show for you. The T25 U25 has begun on BroadStreetHockey.com. We're going to get into that. And since everyone loves lists, we have a top 20 centers list that you're definitely not mad online about. Uh, (laughs) We have a bunch of uh, primetime games to talk about, I guess. Let's just get right into it. Let's lead things off with, I mean... I just assumed they're grooming him to take my job. Sports oh, are bad. Yeah. I'm taking one of your jobs. He's taking yeah. somebody's job. I'm taking somebody's it, job. We just so don't know who that. yet. But when I eventually get that job, I'll work on the hot takes because I still don't have one. <laughs> my The big one would be I just left Jay O'Brien off the top 25 under 25. I, uh, under the top 30, or the top 30, actually. He's he's falling off. That would Ooh. be my hot take. Not a Jay O'Brien fan. I mean, it was a rough year. I ranked him. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, we'll see where he is next. Easily bounce back, but it's yeah. like I don't know, man. First round pick, five points in college, and then goes to BCHL. It's not really like seems a, moving on with the top ten. Let's see what he's less doing. Less than ideal. Yeah, I, I think so. it's like, I think it's justified if you're basically looking at it as the round a guy was taken doesn't matter at all. Because because if if you completely wipe out the fact that he was taken in the first round, then you're looking at a guy who was a great high school player, did jack shit in college, and now is going to be like an old guy in a lower tier junior league. So if you erase the fact that he was a first round pick, and clearly a lot of scouts believe he's going to be good, then yeah, I guess I can see you dropping him off. Yeah. I mean, I at the time they picked him, I thought he was going to be a second round pick. So then looking at him as a second round pick, and then taking all these steps back. Outside. I mean, it's one time. I'll probably be back there at the end of the year. Yeah. Oh, hopefully. Yeah. Lots of people can earn their way back onto this list. Yeah. yeah. The fly by yourself, Kelly Hinkle. So I realized today that it doesn't take a lot for me to get super pumped about hockey season because today all it took was revisiting my top 25 under 25 list, which every time I do, I question what the hell I was thinking when I put it <laughs> together. And then also down goes Brown's little $200 roster game that everyone's been playing today I've just been like super like just now screaming out the names of old phantoms that played random games for the Flyers it's just been a lot of fun so I've decided that I'm excited for hockey again what lunch table would you sit at though I I looked at all of those <laughs> and I didn't understand any of them so I just ignored them Flyers uh mid-90s yeah the orange ones yeah uh last ah. but certainly not least from the athletic.com Charlie O'Connor uh, so here's a neat little tidbit that I found while I was just looking up stuff today, kind of bored and going through hockey things. If Joel Farabee makes this team, which I don't think is a guarantee, but it's it's possible, there's a pretty good chance, barring you know injury or trades or whatever, that the Flyers could have an equal number of 
USA players as they do Canadian players Ooh. in their starting lineup. Making the Flyers great again. Brock there we go. Oh, now no. that is it is cheating a little bit because it's it's counting Sean Couturier as a US player because he was born in Arizona, but he does play for Team Canada. He's so affected he's, like he should. Yes, have. he's he's chosen his Canadian heritage over his American heritage. But you're looking at like there's a lot of American players on this team now. And part of that is because Chuck Fletcher is obsessed with people from the state of Minnesota. <laughs> but they've also added a bunch of other guys who are US players. It's kind of neat. Also, USA Hockey is, like, getting really good. Yeah. It's kind of fun. It's finally a thing. Yeah. It's no longer, like, a, a clear second tier, I think. Fletcher really is. does love Minnesota guys, though. Uh, it's I a mean, he bit. really does. It's a He's little a big Minnesota I think it's a, guy, it, well, it's a little much. On the team it's in, like, the two state years, yeah. of hockey. If you're gonna take, Listen. If you're going to take an American, why wouldn't you take one from the state of hockey? Right. You know? Uh, that's fair. Just saying. Yeah. Like, the uh, accent. Yeah. Jay O'Brien. Massachusetts, yeah, no mistake. good. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only take guys from Minnesota. Mistake. Yeah, no, you're right. Minnesota yeah. players, they all turn out. Yeah, yeah. not a one. Every single one of yeah. them. Every single one I've Look ever Look it up. Known this of. isn't a joke, yeah. So I alluded to it in the open, but people are like upset. I, like in my literally mentions, like, upset about the NHL Network put out a top 20 centers in the NHL list, and our uh, our, our pal Sean Couturier was omitted. From the list, and like I, I just put out as a joke again, like the literally anything else thing, and everyone was asking me about the list. I'm like, well, this clearly pertains to hockey and the Flyers. So, what did you not read my goddamn tweet? But, like, people are not like, I get it. It's our guy. We want him to get recognized. But if he comes out and has another thirty goal, seventy point seat, who cares if he's not on some goddamn list? It's it's just a dumb list. Like, it's it, a bad it, list. It doesn't. I wouldn't have a necessarily have as big of a problem with it if the list made any sense whatsoever. But like, it, truthfully, I think the thing that annoys me the most about the list is the fact that Barkov is fourth, and it's not because Barkov doesn't deserve to be high up, but it's like Barkov is like the the, he's like the same dude. And if you're gonna act like Barkov is a top five center, which like fine, I'm open to that argument. Then why the hell is Sean Gattari not on the list? They're basically the same player. I like how Barkoff is also four, and he's also, again, the guy. I'm going to bring this up. He was always the most underrated player in the league. Oh, now but he's on, no longer the most yeah, underrated. Now, now he's, he's so yeah. underrated, he's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, that, exactly. That's that. the Roman Josie. Like, oh, he's the most underrated. No, like, once you're the most underrated player in the league for three years, That's it. you're no longer yeah. underrated. Like, everyone, this is now your title. Like, it's on your business card. But real quick, through the list, uh, McDavid one, Crosby two, McKinnon, Barkov, Tavares, Matthews, Bergeron, Stamkos, Shifley, Point, uh, Sagan, O'Reilly, Malkin, Aho, Eichel, Kuznetsov, Couture, Backstrom, Monahan, Pedersen. I like I, I just other than a couple of teams who have two, and maybe it's like I don't know. All these guys except for McDavid are kind of on that same plane to me. Like every team I, yeah. has a number one center, and they're all probably really good unless you like are shit. You know, like I think thirty two guys might thirty one guys might have an argument to be in the top twenty. Yeah, I, like l- listen, I I was trained in the art of sports talk radio. You know, I, I'm not a, a critical thinker the way Charlie is. Uh, the, the reason you make a list is to piss people off. <laughs> like, if you're getting, like, if you're getting worked up about the list, you're getting worked by the list. Like, that's, <laughs> like, that's the point. You if played you, yourself. If you were to make 
a list and do like a TV or radio segment about it, and everyone just sits there and nods. That was a shitty radio <laughs> segment. I, like I don't know. Like, hey, you know what? I'm more in favor of accuracy than starting I know you are, Charlie. Personally. I understand. It's just I get it. I want Sean Couturier to be number one on this list. And if we did it, I bet if we put out a poll of the best centers in hockey, it would be like McDavid one, Couturier two, and then a whole <laughs> yeah, bunch, then like, the same list. Yeah. Malkin wouldn't even be on the list. So like, Malkin did not have a good year last year. No, that's like, the thing that bothers me. Is it like there doesn't seem to be any kind of like yeah, real clear metric with how they yeah, put this Malkin together, had, like lifetime or like lifetime well, current players, or like last year or yeah. like currency. Malcolm like what are we looking at year. here? Malcolm yeah. had a bad year, and he's like eleventh or twelfth. And Patterson's in the league for one year. Yeah, and he's at, yeah. yeah but, right. Like it's very clear if you look at this list. What it really boils down to is you have. 17, I think what it boils down to here is that it's just whatever, if the team was good last year and got in the playoffs, they got someone on this list. Yeah. And because the only three guys on this list that their team didn't make the playoffs are Pedersen, who won rookie of the year and ran away with it. Jack Eichel, who's like Jack Eichel. Everybody knows who he is. I, I would put Katuri over him easily, but mm-hmm. he's Jack Eichel. Like yeah. He's just a more high-profile name. And then Barkoff, who I guess everyone has decided is like the underrated, overrated guy. Everybody, probably, yeah. everybody else made the playoffs, and I think that's probably why they left Katuri off, because yeah. the Flyers didn't make the playoffs. So how good can a player who's not on a playoff team be? I, 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 that's ridiculous, yeah. but I'm just saying. That's uh, oh, the no, thought process. I, I also, no Stanley Cups, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I, oh and, and McDavid, but McDavid's McDavid. Yeah, McDavid, of obvious. And like, I mean, it, this is something in my other job we've been talking about. Like, all right, where do you rank Carson Wentz? And it's like that elite quarterback group. Some of these guys get judged year to year. Like Pat Mahomes, 50 touchdowns, boom. You're in the elite level. Sure. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, you could come out and take a shit in the middle of the field and you're still in the top five. <laughs> like, it doesn't. You don't, you don't get assessed year to year. Right. Your resume is your resume and it's like some of these guys like is Crosby the second best center in the league still I don't know he's top 20 but like how good is he and how good is he moving forward he did have a very good no he is awesome I I would never I love Crosby and it's something I don't say a lot on this show I I (laughs) enjoy it no people get mad (laughs) people get mad when I say it on Penguins fans I love it because Penguins oh you probably hate Crosby no I like Crosby (laughs) no it's fine. Like that does uh, blow people's minds. Oh yeah, when you just don't have yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you're like I don't know. Like how how is O'Reilly this far down on the list if he was yeah. just like the best player in the freaking? Five if nothing second. matters and won but, the Selkie. Yeah, like if nothing matters but the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like we're always told yeah. uh, regular season. That's basically preseason. Like all right, well he was just the best player in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I don't see how and McDavid didn't even get there. Like I I don't know. But yeah, it's a list. It's a list. I feel like Braden Point being that high is a little weird. It's a little he weird. Had, he had a, a good season. He's he had a really good, good year. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe I think it's just there's no consistency. Yeah, yeah. That you pointed out. No, like, the, it's just... not seeing a defined set of criteria. Yeah, like Malkin yeah. had a bad year, so let's just move him down. <laughs> yeah, he's not off the list, but let's just move him down to like the middle of it. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't make any sense. But also maybe just thinking about it now that Barkov is no longer underrated, perhaps Sean Couturier could be the most underrated player in the NHL. Hey, maybe. Yeah, and then someday <laughs> is a flyer allowed to be that though? Probably not. Yeah. And then someday he will turn into an insufferable, annoying. Oh God, here we go, Alexander Barkov again. Like, yeah, I can't I, wait for that day. I actually, yeah, I, I actually really thought that he, what he did in the final playoff game two years ago was going to really up his stock around the league. Yeah, kind of insane. And, it did, and like it really didn't. If they had won that game, it would have. Yeah, yeah. maybe. 
It, it, I, I think and five I, points on a torn ACL yeah. to get you credit if MCL, it was a preseason game. Yeah. yeah, I know that Flyers fans MCL. do this a lot and always drives me nuts. But they, there really is seemingly a general lack of respect for Flyers players that are actually good. I, I think honestly, and I've I've had this theory for a long time about Philadelphia. It's that like. We spend so much time beating up on our own players that other people around the league are like, well, he must not be that good. There's like a vocal contingent of, of their own fans who think he sucks. Like, we, we, so many people mm-hmm. shit on Giroux constantly. If you are an objective observer and you're watching it, you're like, well, I mean, they don't even think he's that great. So I don't watch him 82 games. They do, and they're conflicted on whether he's actually good. Like, it's kind of what we what we look at with Tuka Rask. Like, yeah, I think Tuka Rask is a, is a pretty darn good goalie, but the fact that there's, like, 30% of Boston fans that think he's absolute trash, does that give me, like, a little pause? I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe he's not as good as I think he is. And I suspect that—and that's not just Flyers fans. That's just mm-hmm. Philly fans in oh, general. yeah, no. That's- we need to stop this, people. Yeah, like if if we were more like Pittsburgh fans and we just acted like every single one of our players was literally the second coming of Jesus in like a hundred percent, maybe other other fan bases would be like, yeah, he's actually really good because they never mm-hmm. fucking. Do you remember out. Brandon Sutter and how good he was? Gonna they say. loved him. Yeah, he was better than Couture like the at media one point. pumped him up for years that he was actually good and he Hell was yeah. he wasn't just not good he was actively bad. Actively bad. Yeah. Any like. Anyone on this list really stand like Point was the one to me. I was like, I mean, he's probably like I talked all year about how they should offer Sheep Braden. Like that was my number one thing all year. But like, I don't know. So he I, scored a ton of power play points on like the most talented team of the last twenty years. Like I really, yeah, I don't know. Who I'd take. I don't know. I would take a Ture over like at least like eight of these players. Oh, I, uh, I, I, we, I, for I, sure. I, but, would take, I would take him over Sagan. I'd take him over Aho. I'd take him over Eichel. I'd take him over Kuznetsov. I'd take him over Couture. I'd take him over Backstrom. I'd take him over Monahan. And like I. I don't know about Pedersen. Like, if Pedersen does what he did last year again, I might not, but he's just done it for one year. Yeah. No, there's plenty of guys yeah. like, who never topped that crazy rookie year, and plenty do. Mm-hmm. It's just, I like, this is now, we can no longer even say, oh, well, I'm not, he just had the one breakout year. Couturier, incredibly consistent, you know, second season after the breakout. So, like, this is who he is. I have to judge him on that. And by that criteria, yes, he should be on this list. But like I said, it's a list. Do you do you think he's there next year if he has another season? He has to be, right? Unless the Flyers uh, are bad know. again. Uh, and then yeah. maybe he's not. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know what? He's actually the, yeah. he's actually the best number two center in the league. The Flyers don't have a number one. This is Couturier's fault. <laughs> like, that's, I think, are we going to fall out of love with Couturier eventually? No. No, never. Definitely not. Definitely not. Charlie. I'm not going to allow it. Not Definitely not sure. <laughs> Unless Craig takes my job and then he might allow it. Uh, uh, one thing that Couturier, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. One thing that Couturier might have going for him heading into next season, though, twenty games in the uh, in the prime time spotlight in that Heck national, yeah, insane in that national television. Absolutely, spotlight. a quarter insane. of the games are on national this is television. The fifth or sixth biggest city in America. Like I don't think it's that crazy. It's, it's like, pretty crazy considering the fact the team is mediocre, garbage. Well, I will say we deserve this after watching whatever game in Prague we're going to have to all the West That's Coast That's a games. fair point. Yeah, like, they deserve to give us a little, They want the local bit, rating. Yeah. Like, I get it. There's a lot of people in, in the Delaware Valley. Some of them watch hockey. And it's, and it's also that, you know, the company that owns the Flyers yeah, also well, owns too. NBC. Oh, that. Yeah. There's that little thing. I forgot that little nugget. <laughs> that might have something to do with it. Yeah, no, that definitely uh, <laughs> that definitely tracks. Did, did any, yeah. Like, did anything on this schedule really, uh, like, I don't know. The fact that we just have this many after... 
I mean, they haven't been to the second round. No one's even familiar. It's not even like the old flyer. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. everyone knows who this team, like Richards, Carter, uh, everyone knows who these guys. I, I'm behind Couturier and Drew, does anyone know who's on this freaking team? The one thing that I do think could be cool, and again, this comes down to like him playing well, but I do think this is setting this is setting the stage for like if Carter Hart is good again, he could become a very popular player around the league. Yep, and that's neat. That would be awesome. I I just I can't even think about it because I get scared that I'm going to jinx it. I can't think I about just, it. I have. Such- I just have to let it happen. I'm not going to say my worst fear about Carter Hart for next year. I'll fucking kill you. Yeah. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to put it out there. You have to now. Yeah. Well, I'm going to make you tell me after the show. <laughs> I'm dying. I'll say it after. I'm not going to get on recording. You're killing me, Craig. You want me to say it right now? Yeah. He's yes. going to get hurt. That's my fear. Oh yeah. fuck, Craig. And then all the everything that happened this year is just going to happen again because mm. the goalies are going to no. shuffle through. And do we get to twelve goalies? You think we hit a dozen? I mean, if we're going to do it again, you got to hit double digits. <laughs> like if we're going to go through it all again. No. I mean, no. Look, anybody can get hurt. It's fair to note though that. The injury that he had last year, according to Carter Hart, was like the first injury he's oh. ever had. Oh, this isn't about in yeah. his life. Yeah, yeah. That this is. I'm just saying, like you know, just based I'm just, off of mojo I, I and everything. And yeah, I'm just yeah. saying this isn't like a Nolan Patrick thing where like the yeah, guy yeah. was hurt for four years before he got drafted. Like Carter Hart, yes, he missed like three weeks last year, but according to him, that was the first time he had ever been. Yeah, yeah. so I he doesn't exactly ex- have an injury record. Yeah, I'm not expecting him to get hurt. I'm just anybody saying, can get hurt, right? And but, if that would be my fear as he gets oh, hurt, yeah. <laughs> and then that kind of backpedals everything. No, and, yeah. As as optimistic as I am about this season, so many things are dependent on my thinking. This twenty one year old kid at this position we've never filled is finally it. Yeah. Like if that's not the case, we're right back where we were last season. Like oh yeah, they're mid eighties. If he has a strong year this year, I think people start looking at the Flyers like actual contenders. They have to. They have I, to. That's, yeah. I don't know. I see. I I actually don't think that they will. Like, they won't think the Flyers will win a playoff series until they do. They won't think the Flyers will go deep in the playoffs until they do. Like, until it actually happens, no one's going to believe it's going to happen. Well, it's we're going to have well, a... Wait, wait, when you say they, who do you mean? Do you mean, like, the fans, or do you mean the national media? Both. Okay, I mean, right. both, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that'll be the thing, is, like, Carter Hart, and again, don't want to jinx it, he'll come out and have, like, a Vezina-worthy season, mm. but then in, like, March, we'll start, well, he's never been in the playoffs, we don't know, <laughs> yeah. we don't can he know handle if it? he can win the big game yet, like, <laughs> all right. All right. Gotta find then, something. Oh my God! If he gets lit up in that first one, shit. Oh no. Well, well remember what happened with uh, with Carey Price, where like he was. You know, it, it took. Oh, it took like it took like two Carey three Price. years <laughs> for him to like win back over Montreal fans after RJ Umberger like basically destroyed him in that playoff <laughs> series. <laughs> year. We're gonna put all our stock in this goalie. RJ Umberger destroys him. In the all right, let's let's repick this one. Umberger, I loved Umberger first time around. He was when the he first was a time fan of us into it. Yeah. I mean, that postseason was a lot of fun. That that series against Canadians was not. It was fun after that. That's he also had like one of the best goals ever that nobody talks about in that series when he was like falling over and he reached back i'll, I'll share the video somewhere yeah. all right cool good. yeah not good for a podcast <laughs> <laughs> just keep describing it Craig. anyway the, the schedule and you can do this for 50 minutes we should just reenact it yeah, yeah. somebody get up we'll get another <laughs> taylor you play uh you play carrie price just stand there uh yeah the sketch i mean i do think it's fun. like the prime time schedule is the metro division yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, Bill. Yeah, the first game is Flyers Devils on a Wednesday. So right. is that is that me? <laughs> yeah. Am I doing the <laughs> I'll do the broad game. Okay. I'll do the Friday mid. I might be at work. Shit, I'm mid afternoon on a Friday. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to. 
actually, I don't work at night. But Uh-oh. yeah, it's a mid-afternoon. I might be busy that day, Craig. The thing uh, that I kind of like is there's like a a varied bunch of opponents on these national games this year. I feel like for a while it was always like Flyers, Rangers, Flyers, yeah. Blackhawks. Like those were the national games. But we're like, we're getting St. Louis in there. We're getting Edmonton. It could be fun. Oh, well, the St. Louis story, Colorado, right? my too. God. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a Bennington good one. Bennington versus Hart and Craig Berube. We fired him. That's going to be insufferable that week. I, the like, Edmonton one I like because I remember it was like a year or two ago when the national TV schedule came out. And like Toronto wasn't on it. Edmonton mm-hmm. wasn't on it. And everyone was like, hey, shouldn't the, uh, yeah. the most good, exciting yeah. new players in the league be Maybe. featured? Maybe. And they're like, well, they have to earn it. It's like, oh yeah, this is gonna go well for uh, your your business practices. But like, I like that as much as like Edmonton's a tire fire. Connor McDavid needs to be on goddamn national television. Yeah, yes. like I don't care if it's a Canadian, t- like a Western Canadian team. Like, <laughs> he needs to be on TV. He's the best player. Like, so I do appreciate something like that. No, I mean every time the thing with Connor McDavid is that I get. That the team is trash, and it's it's not it's not going to be better this year because they literally did nothing to improve it in the offseason. But every time he's like, every time he comes east and they play like the Penguins, that's got to be on national TV. Yes. Yeah. Every time he comes east and he plays the Capitals, that's got to be on. Like, if you have a way to like, you already have a team that's a draw, and they're playing that team in the East time zone, it's got to be a game that's on TV because you got to push him out there whenever you can. Like, I get they're, they're, far, they're far in the West, so it's later games when they're home games. I get it. But you got to get him out there on mm-hmm. those gimme games. You have to. And, like, that, uh, yeah, and I'm a late person, so I like that. I love the 930 yeah, starts. Like, the Flyers are out there and it's on TV. I'm like, oh, cool, this is one I'm actually looking forward to. I'm, I prefer late start games. Philly's on the West Coast this week. Real happy about it. All right, so Charlie alluded to it early in the show as well. Joel, our boy, franchise, Joel franchise, Joel Farabee. Is he making this team? Because, man, I'm getting excited. I'm getting my hopes up. I really am. I, 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 never, I thought I'd never get my hopes up again about a youngster making a team like after we saw Konechny and Provorov get sent back, after Carter Hart had to serve his time because he had one bad preseason game. Like I, I'm never going to get my hopes up again, but here I am watching highlights of the summer showcase going, he has to be here. He his good. position is opened. Like They didn't fill the spot that he plays. So has he jumped frost for everybody here? I he's gaming a lot of stream or a lot of steam. I'll say that. I don't know. I feel like Farabee could make being the team xenophobic. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, still like frost. I mean, Farabee. I like frost a lot when, too. When, when I did my prospect list, list I ranked Farabee number one. So I'm. I mean, he's my number one prospect. At the same time. I don't like. I don't know who I would say is my number one. Like, I still think I'm rooting for Frost to make this team over Farabee this year because I like Frost's offensive upside this mm-hmm. year more than Farabee's. If they both make the make the team, but I I think I like Farabee better as a prospect than Morgan Frost. All right, that's uh, that's very well measured take. Charlie. It was measured. That's no. I think so. That's... So we're saying, are we saying like? Similar floor, higher ceiling for Farabee? Yes. Yeah, okay. That's And I think that's what a lot of people, like the one, could really blow up. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I'm more excited for Farabee because Frost, I, like it's been a thing now. It's like, all right, well, we'll see. I think that's why a lot of people are really hyped about Farabee yeah. too. I mean, he's going to be a monster in what he's done over the last year and a half, but Frost also wasn't able to make the team out of camp this year and then just kind of dominate the OHL again. Yeah, but he it was, wasn't. He no, was no. Small. Like, yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't size. anything exciting and new to fans out there. To I guess. Show yeah. That he's yeah. Frost killing it like, again. Like Fairby. Like, yeah. We yeah. Saw. Fairby went to college, won rookie 
of the NCAA for the season and then is going to be a pro next year. Like, that's a huge swing from yeah. being drafted. Yeah. What, like, if we had to handicap it, what do you think any rookie fills that spot is in the top nine? In that one open top nine spot, any rookie, Frost, Farabee, unnamed guy, or do we think it's just going to be, yeah, they're bumping Lawton up and Pitlick's going to play 4C or, like, whatever. Is that how we think we're going to start the year? God, I hope not. That's I think so it's boring. Frost, Farabee, or Stewart. I, I think somebody's making this team. I think so too. I just, I just think there's too much talent there. Like, there's just they would have to all like I, I'm on record. I did my 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 uh, uh, roster projections like two or three weeks. So I picked Rupsov because I think Rupsov has a has a much better chance than people are giving him credit for because I think he's going to play the in camp and in preseason. I think he's going to play the way the coaches want the person who's going to fill that role. Oh yeah, I remember you saying he that. Had yeah. a, play. He had pretty good season last year and then got hurt. And then got hurt. I, he would have been ranked higher on my uh, 25 on 25 if he played whole season at that pace. But I think just, I may have he made He played like 14 games, yeah. With Rube stopping. Yeah. And I was pretty, I was not his biggest fan in the queue, but last year was pretty strong. They really liked what he yeah. did in the yeah. in the AHL before he got hurt. And I'm not saying he's going to get it. Like I think Frost and Farabee are going to take real runs at this. but He's third? Yeah, I, I would put him third out of the prospects. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any other... Ratcliffe? No, no, yeah. he's not. Making, he's not. Okay. Not yet. Would he be fourth? Uh, I mean, I think he's maybe in the mix, okay. but well, well, no, I wouldn't even put him fourth. I mean, I would put. I think Vorobiev and Albi Kubel have better chances to make the team than Ratcliffe. Yeah, if you're talking, how do you feel about Vorobiev? I think he's in the I'm, mix, uh, but I, but I don't. The thing with him is like he's a center and he's a pure center. So if he's going to make this team, it's just. It's hard because that would push Lawton to wing. So maybe, like, maybe he makes the team. I guess you could have multiple rookies make the team, though. Like, you could theor- yeah, what you I could, think that's fine. Like, yeah. what you could theoretically have happen is, like, Vorobiev wins the 4C job. Lawton moves over to wing on fourth line, which they might like him better there anyway. You know, one of the bigger name rookies gets that third line spot, and then one of Pitlick or Raffle hits the press box. Oh, God, it, it could it could happen. It could happen. So there's a lot of, as we've talked about on the show, there's a lot of possibilities in play when it comes to these jobs. I like your idea of Rubstov, though, just because looking at, we've talked about it That's throughout wrong. this offseason, like, yeah, yeah, I just want to say the germs no. kill Steph. <laughs> um, I just, but, like, I like Looking it. at the way this team is constructed, even though Rubstov will pre- might make it, you know, as a wing, that's the spot we think is open. Like, looking at what they like and what they have down the center, even if it's as a winger, I think he's, the le- least exciting of the three, yeah. but yeah, he's gonna play that way in terms of what mm-hmm. hockey men like. And he's and he's got the versatility; he can play yeah, he center can go and both wing. Ways, yeah. So like he's got the uh, he's got the wing. He could, he could play third line wing if he's not playing, he's not scoring. They can move him down to fourth line center. They can bump Lawton up. There's just there's flexibility there. So I think there's, I just I, I wouldn't rule him out as being involved. And I think. Like, Farabee's playing really well in these summer, summer showcases. He looked good at development camp. And I think there's just a... I think there are a lot of people... A lot of people who really are into college hockey, like a lot of writers, are really pushing this Farabee is going to make the team thing. Like, it's not hmm. really the local people. It's a lot of people who watch a lot of college hockey are like, Joel Farabee might not even be on the uh, the, the U.S. World Junior team because he might not even be... in. He might even be available. They might be on the Flyers by then. And it's possible... And I guess the wild card here is that none of us really know how Fletcher yeah. and, and and Flair like promote their players. So with Hexel, we had a better read. We don't really have as good of a read with with these guys. I think he's involved, and I'd love to see him make the team because I'm, I'm a huge fan of his style of play. I love his game. 
No, to Charlie's point, that's like the uh, the article I linked here under the Farabee on the outline for all the people listening and can't see our outline. It's not a Broad Street Hockey or any sort of local media outlet. This is Ryan hockey Kennedy, news, the yeah. Hockey News, saying, hey, Philly fans, get ready to love Joel Farabee. And he's it's a like, big college hockey guy, yeah. I think, Ryan Kennedy. Yeah, there's other guys, too, yeah. that are big, big into college hockey that are really big fans of, of Farabee. And rightfully so. He had a really good year. But Charlie, I'm, you gotta say it like college hockey. <laughs> college hockey. That's how you gotta say it. Oh God. <laughs> I want Morgan Frost on this team. I would. I. I I'm fine with Frost on this I, team. Too, I, yeah. I just want it. I just want anyone new. Like, yeah. I, I, that's what I want. I I'm so tired. Like again, like I like Michael Raffle. I appreciate him. If if he's the solution, I'm gonna be like, all right, same old shit. All right. As long as it's somebody else besides Stewart, I just want to Low see ceiling, the, uh, cool. like wait, the breaking of the trap from Hextall of just putting in. Wait, who of. who do you keep? You were saying Stewart? Chris Stewart? You oh, Stewart. Oh, that dude. Yeah, the yeah. PTO dude. Yeah, yeah he, I think he's just bad. I, yeah, I, I do too. <laughs> That's why I don't want to <laughs> see him on the roster. And then, be, is, this, uh, is this AV's first test? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, this is, is his first the test. The new Chris which he Vandivelli. should pass, and then I'm over it. This was like oh. back when Hextall was at the draft, and it was uh, my God, Lawson Krause or Ivan Provorov. Is he going to pick the big power for that the Flyers always do, or mm. the Russian? And he picked the Russian. Right. I was like, oh, yeah. well, luckily, he came over early. Otherwise, mm. no, we wouldn't have taken some commie, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that like, with somebody like Chris Stewart, I think he's going to be given a chance to make that, this team. Yeah. I just think he's not good. I agree. And I think he's going to play bad because he's not a good I, hockey player. I agree, too. I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. <laughs> I just need to see them not give it to Chris Stewart, and then I'm fine. Yeah, that's but the that thing. Is like, it. It, yeah. It's not like, out of just, the realm that's for right. the, the hockey not, men like, to the be like... The previous regime would have been like, I'm ah, not looking too great, Yuri Laterra. I want to see them go... <laughs> I want to see them go, ah, looking de- decent. Let's see what she do in the NHL to start Joel Farabee. Like, that's what I want to see <laughs> when it happens, you know. And since it's a whole new regime, something I think it'll be a little different because a lot of these guys are AHL eligible. But, like, Hextall always said, we're not trying guys out. You yeah. either make it or mm-hmm. you don't. Right. Like yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see if they go that route. Like, we're sending them back after nine. Yeah, they, and, and Farabee, you can actually do that. because. So one of the interesting things about Farabee is that even though he is going to be playing in the AHL if he doesn't make the Flyers, because he's 19 years old, technically, if he does not play 10 games in the NHL this year, this year of his entry-level contract can slide. So technically, hmm. his entry-level contract would not start until next season if he does not play 10 games in the NHL. So that whole nine-game trial thing could play out potentially for Joel Farabee because it gives you an extra year of team control if you decide he's not ready and you send him back before he plays 10 games. What was Hexel's theory on that? Why didn't he use that? It was just one of his stupid boneheaded rules. It was just like, I don't try out guys. players. I think I think he just he didn't want to disrupt junior schedule if he would didn't if he wasn't 100 percent sure a guy was ready and didn't want to drag mm-hmm. that out and it was just one he, of his things. he had rules and like i he to a rules. certain point i just like <laughs> I, get, I get the idea of you made the team because we think you're here for 82 yeah, games that's fair like we don't want this and it didn't work like this yeah. like this ejector seat. like like <laughs> we have faith that you're here for the seat but sometimes like we've seen guys have great preseasons and then they're not ready like it oh, happened yeah. like yeah. It, so i i would love to give a guy a chance to fail before we just go with that hey, you know what we're throwing a vet in there like the Chris Stewart like I don't want to see this yeah I mean there's absolutely no ceiling but um 
he's played in the NHL before, so he's not going to get lost on the way to the arena. Like, that's what we're like. Yeah, the addresses are already saved in his GPS. This isn't going to be a situation like, you know, we're not going to have to. I, I, I just don't want to see that. We're going to take a quick break for an ad, and when we come back, we are going to be talking top 25, under 25. It's your favorite time of year right here on Broad Street Hockey. Stay tuned. All right, everybody, and we are back, and it is time once again for our summer top 25 under 25. We do it twice a year at the old website, uh, broadstreethockey.com, and we have already gotten underway. Uh, we've listed the honorable mentions, and uh, is Linus Hogberg? Is Hogberg? Linus. Linus. Linus Hogberg. Linus Hogberg. No. I'm not doing that. No, I'm calling it Linus Hogberg. <laughs> yeah, that's his name. That's Sorry. Right. Yeah, Sorry, buddy. We have, an international, <laughs> committed, yeah. we have an international listening audience, so they have to know I know how to say it. Yeah. But this we're is just how not. I talk. Yeah. yeah. We no. know, but we're not doing it. I know it's Robert Haig, but <laughs> no, like, I can't remember to say it. that every single time. Not on this show. You know? yeah. Remember when it was two A's, and then all of a sudden it was like, no, that's stupid looking. We're just going two G's. Now we got like, the fucking umlaut. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. Robert. I'm not holding down the A. To I don't like name. you Just enough to say your name right. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so we're <laughs> starting the top 25, under 25, and I guess we want to get started with the honorable mentions because there are two guys on here who made my list, mm-hmm. uh, but let's start with uh, let's with number 30 on the top 25. Um Charlie's favorite prospect, the, the, bun the man. bunny man. I don't have anything against Connor Bunny. <laughs> Connor Bunny. No, I just feel like you were one of the first people who was like, he's not very good. <laughs> he had a pretty good year last he year. Did. In he the did AHL. have a decent first uh, AHL season. I feel like he is, he's like a, a Boyd Kane, a very good AHL player who could serve as a guy in the lineup if you were desperate for a body to fill a roster spot. But. Not great. I kind of agree with that. Yeah. He was, it was interesting last year was that, so when the Phantoms were injury ravaged and also when the Flyers like started just raiding them for bottom sixers, he, they put him at center and he played okay. He was like, he became like their first line center for a while. He's not a bad prospect. I think he's, I think he very well could see time in the NHL. He's just not a guy. I think when they picked him, they always sort of thought of him as like, you know, maybe we'll luck out and he'll become like a Wayne Simmons type where it's, you know, Ideally, he's on your third line, even strength, but he's a big guy, and he's really going to be good on the power play. And I mean, maybe that's still what you're hoping for. Uh, him and they picked him and Torinsky in the same draft, and I think they kind of had envisioned both those guys maybe developing into one of those types. And Bunneman, just so you know, 19 goals, 13 assists for 32 points in 62 games in his first year with the Phantoms last year. But he only had three points in his first 13 games and then kind of turned it on after that. So Yeah, it was because he was playing down in the lineup. Yeah, so it, maybe he could be something. But in terms of just running through this list, and I think it was uh, Maddie Campbell published on the site, like some of our old... Top twenty five. Oh, yeah. Like oh, man. Yeah. Tyrell Goldborn was on there, man. Like oh. Luke Shen was he was up was there. Like six. Yeah. There were some <laughs> dark days. Oh man. I don't when we talk like listen, uh, th- we we we'll talk some shit on Ron Hextall because of his overall approach to the NHL roster, but uh he did dig us out of a real hole in terms of what yeah, we had in the absolutely. cupboard. Yep. So we'll I'll always appreciate him for that. At number twenty nine on this list, my favorite prospect, my Belarusian brother, Kirill <laughs> Ustamenko. I was his one vote. He, I was the only you one. You got him on the list. I got him in the honorable, <laughs> the honorable mentions. mentions. I had him at number 17. 17. And so he ends up at 29 God with bless. my one vote. I mean, I you have to stay on brand. If he has yeah. a good season, I think he's going to jump up a lot. I, I didn't wreck him too high because he played in the MHL. 
so far. He hasn't really played in a professional high tier league yet. I want to see him play in North America first. And if he does well here, move him up. I don't know. Is he likely to play in the ECHL or AHL? I think he's going to play in the ECHL, mm-hmm. but I bet he'll yeah. get time in the AHL. Because okay. when, when, I, when, when I talk to Brent Flair, like everyone's sort of penciling in Sandstrom, like, oh, well, he's going to be in the AHL. Like, he will. But Flair was sort of like, he's going to play in the ECHL too. Like, we're going to kind of juggle oh, these okay. guys around to make sure that they get the 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 amount of starts that they need to get to develop. So I would be I wouldn't be shocked if you know Sancho spent some time in the ECHL and then Ustamenko maybe spent some time in the AHL. Like I th- <laughs> I think Sancho will spend the will play the bulk of his games in the A and I think Ustamenko will play the bulk of his games in the ECHL. But I bet they all see time. They both see time in both leagues. I, I mean, unless Ustamenko just sucks in the ECHL, <laughs> then to, he, then he probably won't. To Craig's point from earlier. All these guys might be in orange and black by <laughs> the way things go here. And I'm yeah. not. Oh, yeah. We actually oh, yeah. have someone who I like now, so I'm not like degrading Carter Hart in any way. I want him to be the greatest of all time. I'm just saying the way things go for us, Ustameko might be starting Game One of the first round of the goddamn playoffs. <laughs> like. We pulled, like, we got to the Stanley Cup Finals pulling a, a Stanley Cup Final, excuse me. How we got you? to the Stanley Cup <laughs> Final uh, pulling a guy out of men's league once. <laughs> like, anything's possible here. I just, like, listen, I I have no idea. MHL, VH, I don't know what these guys are projecting to be. I like Ustamenko because he's a Belarusian, and you need to play like Belarus. <laughs> Always play yes. like Belarus. Number 28, Noah Cates. I, I don't think I he made my list. I ranked him stupid. This is like, again, I don't. Sometimes I think Kurt just messes around with my order <laughs> because none of it makes sense to me. I think it's because I was impressed by him at the Dev Camp scrimmage. That in my mind he was good. I like him during his draft year for some reason, and then I also like collegiate players like Charlie was alluding to earlier. Yeah, about writers. So, I had him yeah. sixteen. <laughs> I, ra- I ranked him twenty second. Okay, right. and I think he's a good prospect. All right. All right. I'm not. I, so he dumb. had a very good freshman year for a very good NCAA program. I feel like that's worth something. It was a team that won the national championship, yep. and mm-hmm. he played a, a pretty large role in the second half of the season. Scouts love him. I'll tell you that. That's one thing about Cates you got to realize is that he's a guy who hockey people are much higher on than the general public is, and that's been the case for running on two years. Who's to say that he and Jackson aren't our Sedin twins? Is all I'm going to say. I mean, Jack, Jackson isn't even part of the organization. But yeah, yeah, I'll stand he in front of that be. observation. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, think it's happening. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, the White Sox bringing in all of Machado's friends. And then yeah. not getting Machado. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they come out and see Manny Machado's high school reunion <laughs> with the star of the class. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Number 27, someone else I know, Charlie, I think is pretty high on still, David Kacha. No. So no. I, no, so my, the story with me and David oh. Kacha is that... Kacha. Is that... Uh, Great pizza. Alex Appleyard. Loves David Kasha. That's mm. what it is. He yeah. like thinks he's going to be this like middle. He thinks he's has like middle six or NHL upside. And I've just never been sold. Like so, we constantly whenever me and Appleyard do our lists, he always ranks him ridiculously high, and then I always rank him like not at all. <laughs> and then he either like barely makes it onto the bottom, or he uh, or he like just barely misses. But I I I don't want to say I hate David Kasha. My big issue with David Kasha has always been. I don't know where he fits on an NHL roster because he's too small for most coaches to put him on their fourth line 
And I don't think he's good enough offensively to play in a top nine. So I just don't know where he fits. <laughs> but like some people watch him and they say he could be a second or third line player. So, hey, if he can get to that point, that's awesome. That's uh, Elite Prospects has him at 5'11", 170. Last year, his first year over in North America, eight goals, 15 assists for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. So not uh, huge offensive production there. But, but he impressed Only 40 games. The, but though. he impressed the people who watch the AHL regularly. Like, like, I think Maddie and Brad both like Yeah, him. they like him a lot. And that's like AHL, like we talked about this with, um, was it last week or two weeks ago when we talked about Mackenzie Blackwood? Like no idea a, a role a guy's being used in, mm-hmm. what what's going on oh yeah line mates whatever's around him yeah so um maybe he is something the flyers have a ton of guys people are going to get left off this list and like i said we've done these lists before you never know (laughs) i mean it's it's not exact it's not all goalies being voodoo but all these prospects man like jay o'brien first round pick he's not on this list or maybe maybe he is i don't know i didn't look at the final (laughs) number 26 I can't believe he didn't make the top 25. I, so, I can tell somebody else who can't believe he didn't make the top 25. <laughs> Our good pal, Kurt. The one who can't Matthew Strom does not make the top 25. Listen, I know the man is flawed. We can go on and on about how his skating might not be there. But until he doesn't produce, his entire track record is that of an offensively productive player. Yeah, but is it really? Like, I, he I think, scores goals. But But that's my thing is like... It would be if he was producing at an elite level in juniors, I would be more on board. But the fact of the matter is, is seventy nine points in sixty eight games in your third year after you were drafted isn't really that good. Point per game, baby. That, in oh, your no. third year after you're drafted, like it's not that, <laughs> and it's not like the reason why some people are like, well, well, how can you say you're high on you're high on Isaac Ratcliffe and not and not uh, Matt Strom because Isaac Ratcliffe scored fifty goals. Yeah. Like goals, I feel like goal scoring translates better than like getting to a a semi acceptable scoring rate by getting assists in juniors. Like Isaac Rockcliffe can can score goals. I think that can translate. I do not know if Matt Strom's ability to get 51 assists is going to translate when he can't keep up with the play. I don't know about that. I no, and Charlie yeah. makes some good. I'm not disagreeing with Charlie because all these things are true. I just think like his production has held steady, and until he doesn't produce, I think he is going to be able to figure out a way to put up points in a top six NHL level. Very doubtful, but you have to be able to find a way to get something out of these guys. Maybe he literally just will not be able to keep up, and then he's Jason Ackerson. He's just not going to play on like you know, and then he's just a guy. But until I actually see that with my own eyes, as we'll get to see in the AHL this year with Strom, like I, I can't not, I can't not be at least a little high on him. Based on what you just said with the AHL, for me, I think like Eustamenko, I think if he has a strong season in the AHL, uh, I think his stock will go up a lot. Sure, I agree with that. I think yeah. if this year is like a big breaking point for him. I'm excited to see a lot of these guys with the Phantoms. No, and we're finally going to get this. Like, mm-hmm. We finally have this first wave break into the NHL. Mm-hmm. So now there's these spots open on the Phantoms. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, uh, I'm finally going to get to watch Ratcliffe. I loved Ratcliffe at 13 before we won the goddamn lottery. <laughs> and we got him in the second round. Like, I really want to see this dude play. And he might be a project. It might take some time. But I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a lot higher in this list than we're talking about now. But uh, So how do we think about these guys who didn't make the list before we get to number 25? Um, 
it's fair. I, 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 I mean, again, it's I, totally fair. Like, I think Strom should be on the list, but I have him at 25, and he's at 26. Like, yeah, he's not crazy. The only one I'm not, or the only one I think should be higher is, is Kate's. I do like. Yeah, Kate's I agree lot. with that. Yeah. I, like used to make a like used to make on Strom for me are just I want to see them do something big professionally in North America first. Yeah. Like, if they both do pretty well this season, then they're both moving up onto the list. Uh, Kasha, I feel like, just doesn't get love because uh, after he was drafted, he kind of didn't do that great in the Czech League and then had to switch to the... Swede- Swedish League. Yeah. He, played, he was, like, on the worst team in the yeah. Swedish League, and he played okay there. And then he came here. Even, like, last year he was fine, and then he got missed half the he season. Hurt, yeah. So, like, I think if he played a full season, I think he'd be in the top 25. I Maybe. I don't know. I just don't think he gets as much recognition as he deserves. I'm in between Charlie and Alex Appiard on my <laughs> breakdown of Kasha. So, um, yeah, and then Bunneman. Bunneman to me, I think he had one good scoring year in junior. That's the only thing I think of with yeah, Bunneman. He, he shot like 23% yeah, one year, I was and that was say, it. As you yeah. pointed out, it's one of those. Yeah, like, Is he really that good, though? Right. Like, yeah. yeah, I think with Cates, I would probably be a little bit less high on him if I didn't know that scouts around the league really like him and that the Flyers really like him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a guy I look at as someone who, when he inevitably signs, because he's going to sign, they love him, like, he's going to get real shots to make the NHL because the organization really likes him. And I'm not just talking about, like, the organization that drafted him. Like, Fletcher and Flair, they wanted to take him when they were in Minnesota. And that was my next question because we know a lot of these guys, except for the most recent draft class, not the organ like the way we list these things in our head. We kind of have the preconceived notion of like we were talking about with uh, with Farabee and Frost making the team. It's like, well, we know how this is going to go. We don't. We really it's don't. a whole <laughs> new. So we're going to get a good look into Vigneault and Fletcher and all these guys. It's one of the more exciting things about this offseason. It's going to be, you know. We're going to figure out their process and see if they're a little different than uh, than Hextall was, if they're less conservative. Let's get to number 25 now, Linus Hogberg. What? You guys could just call him Hogberg. Yeah, I'm good. Feel free. <laughs> Linus <laughs> Hogberg. Yeah, Linus Hogberg. Yeah, uh, I feel like he's been here for 20 years. Like, we have been talking about him for a like, while. I just, I don't know. Maybe I've just been reading Charlie's stuff for so long. <laughs> well, he jumped to the SHL yeah, very, yeah. very soon after being drafted. That was the big thing. So, the like, SHL, that was why we've been talking about it for like, a while. Scoring numbers in the SHL. I swear to God, that league is soccer. It's like, oh, this guy's oh, great. Yeah. He has eight yeah. points. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> he had ten points. I think <laughs> like, this year. Yeah. Like, well, and he's a defenseman, and we know about his reach and everything. But like, what is it that makes uh, Hogberg really stand out? That people have been high on him for this long even though he hasn't come over yet i think the reason why there's a couple reasons why i like him number one i like his hockey iq i think he's a really smart player um and i also like i like he's he's kind of he kind of has that rare skill set which is more rare than you think but it's that like that ability to both be good defensively but also be able to move the puck like to me and i I don't i don't think there's like a strong chance he's going to hit the ceiling but to me, his upside is Anton Stroman. Ooh. And like that, like if everything were to break right for him, like that's you, I watch him play and there, I, there's parts of his game that remind me of Stroman. And like Stroman at his best was a number two. Like I don't know if I, I, it's most likely Hogberg is not going to get to that point, but kind of functioning as that guy, like the ideal guy to put alongside an offensively oriented puck moving defenseman who can also move the puck, but is going to stay back and be the defensive guy who lets that guy do the stuff. Kind of like what they're sort of hoping Braun can Mm -hmm. be, or that Braun is still. 
And that's uh, it's like, what he used to be. Just whether he still is that. I think when people hear puck moving, they automatically think of point producing. And he's not. But yeah, and but like the breakout pass, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. Like this team struggles so badly to break out. Like the breakout yeah. pass, while it might not lead directly to points, I always like people talk shit on the secondary assist. I'm like, half the time the most important play is nowhere near what actually produced the point, and that's getting out of your own goddamn zone, because if you can't do that, you're eventually going to give up a goal. And so if you have someone who can help you, even if it's not making the pretty pass through the neutral zone or making the uh, the crazy play to set up the goal, ripping a shot and someone putting home the rebound, it is a play that leads to other players' production. And with the way this blue line is set up, we kind of do need the, need those guys. What do we think the fit is for him? Like, we were talking about this before you got here, Charlie. Yeah. Like, where in the hell is Hogberg going to play if he ever gets here? I and mean, do, like, you have here, you talk to Flair. Yeah. What's their, what's their, what's their deal with signing him? Well, How I, close to that are they? I actually, like, I like the stylistic fit just because the Flyers are so many of those puck-moving guys who could use, I mean, they had to give up a second and a third-round pick to get, you know, whatever is left of Justin Braun. So clearly there's a need for those type of guys. Granted, Hogberg isn't, isn't a righty shot like Braun is. He's a, uh, he's a lefty. But still, I mean, you know, you can, you can make that work depending upon whether, you know, somebody like Sanheim could play on the right, things like that. But I think it's fair. It's very fair to wonder if the Flyers are particularly high on this guy. Because, so the rule is, is with Swedish prospects, I believe you get four years after their draft year, after you draft them. In to, to sign them to an entry-level contract before you, you relinquish their rights. And four years will be in 2020, next season. So if they don't sign him next summer, they lose him. June and, 1st, and, 2021. And or 2020, sorry. Yeah, and he's gone. So that's why I think a lot of people thought they were going to sign him this year. And, and I know, you know the Flyers, in a, like, at one point, tried to play it off. that like, well, he's under contract for the next year. And no. I mean, he is, but if he... If they wanted him to come over, he was willing to come over. They did not want him to come over. So the question is whether they're going to change their minds and sign to a contract next summer. So I asked I asked Flair about that when I talked to him uh, earlier in, in July, and it was... Uh, Ho- I, this was my question. Was Hogberg's already spent a significant amount of time in the SHL at a young age, but he didn't come over to North America this summer. Is he a guy who still needs to make adjustments to his game to prove he deserves that shot over here? Or was it a case of feeling like he was best served spending one more year over there before coming over next summer? And Flair's answer was this. Yeah, we thought he needed more time. There's no rush to bring bring him over when he's playing in a quality league. For him, he needed to get stronger still. He needed to play more. He's going to have a bigger role this year, and we think that's better for his development than coming over here and potentially struggling at the pro game in North America. We're confident where he's at and where he's developing in a good program there. We'll work, on, work with developing there this year again, and hopefully he'll come over next year. Now, the thing that jumped out at me about that answer was that whole struggling in North America. So, like, they clearly don't think he's ready to be good even at the AHL level, which is interesting considering the fact that he's played pretty well in the SHL, which I don't think is, like, dramatically worse than the AHL. But for whatever reason, they just don't think he's ready to translate his game over. And if that's what they're thinking a year before the deadline hits, I don't know how they're going to feel next summer. So do you think it's NHL or he's not with the team anymore next season? Or do you 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 think he's going to be, if he signs the con? do you think he's going to sign? If he comes over, is he going to be in the NHL or the AHL? No, I think he'd be in the AHL. NHL. So it's either NHL or no contract. No, no, I'm saying I think he'd be in the AHL. I think that if he comes over and signs an entry level contract, they will put him in the AHL next uh, in two years. 
Because they can. Why wouldn't? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, no, I, don't, I, I don't think he's good enough to jump right to the NHL. I mean, okay. Oscar Lindblom was arguably the best forward in the Swedish Hockey League the year before he jumped, and he didn't even make the the, yeah. the Flyers straight out of camp. And well, you know, I mean, that was dumb. There were reasons. <laughs> it was it was dumb, but like, no, mistakes no, 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 were no, made. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, going back along those lines, do you guys ever think about Hackstall and Sandheim? Like, I thought about that yes, the other day. Yes, all just, the time. How good Sandheim is, and how much Hackstall just kind of pretty much held him back and how much better he would be right now if he had had more time and i'd like to get better i just think of like yo dude if you weren't such a dick you might still have a job seriously yeah like you could have played these better players (laughs) and maybe they could have won you more games than these shitty players who were helping you lose like i don't know to me thought to me it's just like it will it boggles my mind that he thought Brandon Manning was better than Travis Sanheim. It's yeah. just it's mind-boggling yeah. to me yeah, because it's like, not even just that like it was wrong and everyone watching the Flyers other than him could see it. It's the fact that then like three teams afterwards realized that he was wrong because <laughs> they had him for like two weeks each. They're like this guy's awful. There were two. Teams, <laughs> there were two teams last season after the Flyers that decided they needed or. Last year, he signed with the Blackhawks, and then he got traded. Yeah, and then, then, the, and then the Oilers sent him down yeah. to the minors. There were two the Oilers. The Oilers. Two different general managers looked at him and were like, yep. I mean, one of them was Pete Shirelli, yeah, so. You know, he's going to be running Future the team. Future GM? I know. He's going to be the running wild, the yeah. team again real soon. I know. I can't wait. Like, that's going to be The NHL so is good. ridiculous. It is so, so freaking dumb. funny. Like, nobody ever gets put in their place in this league. No. <laughs> like everyone's just like, yeah, I mean you were a general manager. So, so you must clearly be. Yeah, you're, you're a general manager. Yeah. yeah. He has experience. His but like he's tanked organizations. Yeah, yeah but, but you know you know he's already we already printed the nameplate. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is actually funny that the way the NHL works with, with general managers is like if you're in the club, then nothing you do is is that is all that bad. Like you just you're a guy like Peter Shirelli Probably, at least in my lifetime, but I, I'm willing to go as far as say it might have been the worst general managing job in NHL history. Mm-hmm. Like it's definitely the worst general managing job in NHL history or of, of my lifetime. But it very well could have been the worst in Edmonton. Now, I mean, Boston, he won a cup. He I mean, he did some good things. He did some bad things. Obviously, he did enough good things to get him to win a cup. But his work in Edmonton was horrific. He shouldn't even be in the conversation for these jobs. Compare that to Mike Gillis, who helped to build a very, very good Vancouver team. But because he's not in the club, because he, like, you know, was an agent before he took that job, he wasn't a hockey man necessarily, because he's willing to, like, kind of speak out against some of the orthodoxy in the in the hockey world. Like, he's not even oh, on... You can't have that. He's not even on lists. And it's like... I would take a shot at Mike Gillis again a million times before I took another shot at Pete Shirelli. I mean, I would hire. And he's anyone, not even. He doesn't even get interviewed. I would hire anyone in this building, including Taylor, who doesn't watch hockey, before <laughs> I hired me like, too. To get the amount of luck you had in Edmonton, and I get like not every draft was the McDavid draft. Yeah, but, but to get that much raw talent, no matter how like yeah, Yakupov, maybe he just wasn't going to make it, but. My God, the thing to get is, that many chances and to be like, nah. The thing that drives me not crazy even, is... Not even a playoff team. I think about this all the time. Eight teams make it. <laughs> that even before they knew that all of the number ones weren't going to be good, they all had the potential to be, and they could have traded them to build a defense and make the team better, and they never did anything with them. They just let them turn into shit. Um, <laughs> For no reason. 
they built a defense well, around Adam Larson and Chris Russell. That was later, though, even. <laughs> yeah. That was like after yeah. Nail Yakupov turned into garbage. Yeah. But like oh, people thought Chris that Russell. he was going to be good. Yeah. So you could have gotten something for him in like his second season. And instead, you just sat on him and let him turn into poop. Yeah, I just, they're just, oh my. Oh, it makes me so it, mad. It blows, like, and yeah, and he's going to get another job. Yeah. He could very well be getting this, at least Ron Hextall, like, we're looking at, you know what? Yeah, he got lucky with the uh, the Patrick pick, but this is a team picking, like, 7-14 to 14 mm-hmm. the whole time, and we're like, hey, we have one of the best prospect yeah. pools in hockey. Yeah, absolutely. No, we don't need that in, in Minnesota. We need goddamn Torelli. And there's something to be said. Like, as much as we shit on Hextall, and we, I don't even think we shit on Hextall. We don't. We, 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 I we, think we're fair. We're, we're, we're fair. But, like, there is something to be said, and I know it probably was the thing that ended up burying him in the first place. There is something to be said for telling hockey men sometimes, like, shut the hell up, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Because a lot of general managers don't have the balls to do that. And there's something to be said, because guess what? Like, owners are dumb a lot. And sometimes it, it it's important for a general manager to basically have the guts to say, to stand up to someone who he thinks is advising him to do dumb things. So to me, like, yeah, it didn't work. It's one of the reasons it didn't work out in Philadelphia. And I think Hextall, in his next job, if he gets one, will have to change his approach a bit. But I don't think it's all a bad thing that he was, like, willing to tell Paul Holmgren sometimes, like, no, I'm not trading away my first-round pick. That's stupid. No, that's, no, yeah, that part of the job I have no problem with. <laughs> Standing up to Holmgren, awesome, because he's the one who got us in this mess, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, then not having the balls to stand up to your coach and go, Fair. hey, uh, Yuri Laterra is only here because his salary was pretty close to what Braden Shen was making. Um, he shouldn't be in the everyday lineup. <laughs> yeah. We drafted this guy, Oscar Lindblom, because we think he's good. Like, Travis Sanheim, this was my first first-round pick. Uh, I think he's a good player. He should be playing over Scrap Heat Brandon Manning, who's <laughs> only here because Briz made a funny joke about him being Peyton Manning. Like, <laughs> you, you miss. You, you should just take that S off Scrappy and just you go, go, with, go with Crappy. Crappy, there you go. <laughs> Charlie with the wordplay. Uh, so what, what else do we have to talk about? About I only go back to the uh, the Shirelli run. It oh. won, uh, they won in 2011. I always bring up that Tim Thomas had a 940 save percentage. I feel like yeah. that's important to remember. That was no. yeah, he kind of had people. like one of, the best, one of the best goaltending yeah, seasons. Yeah, it wasn't like he ever. really constructed this awesome team. It's Tim Thomas was Jesus on ice yeah, for two months. Yeah, and their backup was, like, was Tuka Rask, who, yeah. <laughs> you know, if they take him out of one game during the Flyers' comeback, the, the comeback gets thwarted. Like, if they throw <laughs> Tim Thomas in in 2010, there's no 3-0. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Just... They wanted to ride him. So here's here's my question. We'll we'll jump to this because I already kind of staked out my position on this, and we'll go into prospects because I, I said that yeah because you, know, you do the top mm-hmm. ten and yeah, you have it on the athletic yeah we do the top twenty athletic prospects uh, me and Alex Appleyard and we released that uh, on July sixteenth according to the hyperlink that I have in here um, and our top ten was uh, Morgan Frost number one Joel Farabee number two. Phil Myers, number three, since he remains Calder eligible. Uh, he'll be a rookie this year. He could theoretically win the Calder. Uh, Cam York, four. Uh, five was a tie between Isaac Radcliffe and Bobby Brink. Seventh was German Rupsoff. Eighth was Wade Allison. And then ninth was a tie between the two Swedish goalies, uh, Samuel Ersan and Felix Sandstrom. So I already said that even though Frost was number one on our list, I voted Farabee number one. Uh, it was just that Alex, I believe, voted Farabee third. So Frost, oh. so Frost had more points. So who was his Myers? Okay, that's. I was just cool. gonna say, like, this is an interest. Like, looking at your right, list, right, right, this yeah. becomes like an interesting discussion for me because 
I don't know that I think of Phil Myers as a prospect anymore. I mean, I guess like technically by definition he is, but like at this point, I think of him as a roster player. Which is like, well, it's because he's a lock to make the yeah. roster. He only played like twenty one games. Yeah, he played it's fewer, fewer than twenty five. And also, limit, yeah. So oh, okay. like, it, with Appleyard putting him first, like I, I, I get that. Because yeah. even though I, I think that it, at the end, Frost and Farabee will probably be better players than Phil Myers at their position. Phil Myers is going to make the team. So and I think put, he's going to be good. So would you put, because I think, I think Alex ranked Frost 1, Myers 2, Farabee 3. And okay. then, and then hmm. I did Farabee, Frost, Myers. And I think, to me, like, it's those three, and then maybe if you're really high on Cam York. Like, I think those are the only four that Damn. reasonably could be your number one prospect in the organization. So that's kind of what I wanted to ask you guys. Like, I've already staked out that I have Farabee number one. Go around the horn. Who would you guys yeah. have number one prospect? That's, pros- uh, that's the way I always look. Like, if I'm going to call Myers a prospect, he has to be number one because I know he's in the NHL. Okay. Yeah. But if I'm looking at ceiling and... Yeah, yeah that's tough. That's where I'm looking at. Cause um, it, the case, I have Farabee like, ahead of Frost, too. I think so. Phil Myers has a high ceiling. I'm, st- oh, I'm so I high on fair. Phil Myers. I, I, think, I think you can believe he has a high ceiling. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's one of the other things. Like, I think... Like, reading about what they did with the defense this summer, uh, they're so high on Myers, it makes me think yeah. he's not a prospect because they were like, he's our third-pair right defenseman, and that's how we're going to proceed and build this defense. Okay, well, then that to me means, yeah, he... Like, I think they might think he's as good as freaking Sanheim, who is really I good. I think he might be. I mean, I think I'm. it's it's probably a little silly to say this definitively at this point, but I honestly think that he might be... As good as Travis Sanheim, and I at this point like Travis Sanheim more than I like Ivan Provorov. Like I think that Travis oh, Sanheim is going to be a force on defense, and I'm not entirely sure that Ivan Provorov is going to be the kind of force that we thought he was going to be consistently be- forever. And if Phil Myers is even approaching Travis Sanheim, good. Like that's going to be fun for us. Oh, that's... It's going to be really good. Yeah, no, this is all a good problem to have. Yeah, I'm yeah, glad yeah. our top 10 prospects don't include freaking Tyrell Goldborn. As much as I love the guy. <laughs> before we, before we run out, let's do Charlie's thing. Everybody has yeah, to say yeah. their person. I was going to go with Fairby. I like Fairby a lot. Okay, so I mean, it's going to come up big this year. I, I'll go Fairby. Just because I think when they both reach their potentials, I think Fairby's going to have a higher ceiling than Myers. So I guess right, okay, like right now, Myers is in the league, but in a month or two, Fairby could also be in the league on the yeah. third line and doing fine like i i don't know i think they're close enough i like york a lot i think he's fourth though i think frost is third can we just i know you're a, a professional that? journalist it may his name is yam cork <laughs> it's yam cork, yam cork. <laughs> it is my favorite guy i can't explain to you how funny i think it is, no, that is pretty I can't like, his call name, him. like seeing his actual name like all week with the summer showcase and stuff like i'm like i don't care that's my not brain his, that's not his name flips it yeah like, when i read it it's yam when cork, people like, write cam york i'm like no that's wrong mm-mm. where i do like bobby brink a lot though I think I put I think I put Cam That's, York 11th and I put Brink 12th on my list just because I, I didn't know where to I'm put him. I'm getting excited. I he he makes me happy because he's replaced Cole Caulfield as the small goal boy. In my, yeah, we got, in and my that's heart. everyone yeah. told us. I, I think Brink Charlie started yeah. with the like, you know, we got the defenseman and then we got the closest comparable to yeah. Cole Caulfield. Yeah, actually, two for one. Not too late <laughs> to change that name to Bobby Clark either. It could be go. Bobby Clark Brink. So Kelly, who's your top prospect? Myers. 
I I guess based yeah I'm gonna have to go I would go Myers Frost Faraby I I I, fucking I love this conversation though it is good this like, is good my favorite yeah. is Ratcliffe but if I guess I do like I I, I, I can't get away from Frost. I, want, I can't I'm changing it's Frost because uh, yeah he's been dominant he's that's been, the thing two like two years dominant I yeah. feel like Faraby is like shiny and new. Right. But yeah. Frost has been the guy that we've been waiting yeah, for for so long that I can't release him. Like, he's still, in my mind, the guy that I want to see in the NHL the most. The guy that I think is going to be really good. Yeah. I, I just, just don't know I how many people go. go from being drafted to possibly making the NHL team after a year of college. No, I know. It's crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean I, I'm not. Do you have yeah. an idea, Charlie, or no? I mean, it happens. But I know it's it usually, happens. It's usually really good players. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. That's why I'm I'm pretty hyped about Fairbanks. Just before we wrap up, Ursan, big year. He gets in your top 10. I feel like Felix Sand, like, I Sandstrom's coming Felix back. Sandstrom. I uh, know he's going to be here, and maybe he's going to take off in the AHL, but, like, he hasn't been good. He's been hurt. Yeah. He, he actually no, he's he, been, had, he had quite a good second half actually this no, past year. He's been he hurt. He's back. not been bad. That, yeah, no, that's what I, he just hasn't played that yeah. much. Yeah, it's, it's fair. Any, like, it's totally fair. I mean, I a, to Alex play. Alex is higher on him than I am, and Alex does get the you know firsthand. He gets yeah. to watch mm-hmm. him far more regularly than any of us. I'm yeah. just looking at it and going, he played like 11 games. I yeah, I don't know. They have a shorter season, but they it's definitely yeah. still yeah no, not yeah. that little. Yeah. All right, guys. We filled an hour. We went over an hour somehow. I have no idea what we talked about, but we did it, and I'm proud of us. Steph will be happy as well because we even remembered the ad break. Yay! Uh, so thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Give us those good reviews. Tell your pals. The Flyers are going to be good this year. You want to get on this bandwagon, do it with Broad Street Hockey. We're the number one hockey podcast in the world, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, uh, so I've for, seen the numbers. For Kelly... Yeah. For Charlie, for Craig, my name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports?